Hey everybody, this is Joy, your podcast host with Life Love Lessons, the Joy in Pain Life and Lessons podcast. I'm coming back to you because I want to have Bible study. Yay! I hope you do too. We're going to read from 1 Samuel chapter 8 and I'm reading from the voice translation. You can read from any translation that you would like to. I also like the Amplified version and also the King James version as well. Just make sure, you know, that it is the Word of God, okay? Now, I'm going to start off on chapter 8 in First Samuel. So it says, when Samuel was old, he named his sons judges of Israel to rule over the people and be their deliverers. His first son, Joel, or you could say Joel, and his second son, Abijah, were judges in Beersheba. But they were not like Samuel. They profited from dishonesty took bribes, and fostered injustice. So the elders of Israel gathered and came to Ramah to tell Samuel. Now let's talk about the prophet Samuel, okay? Prophet Samuel, he was truly a man of God. He was a true prophet, okay? A real prophet of God. And he was definitely living for God. Now, his sons, they weren't. They was the opposite of Prophet Samuel. And we can talk about Prophet Samuel in the future if God is willing. If you guys want to do a Bible study about him, like when he came into this life, okay? I'm talking about like even his... The testimony on his life was a blessing, okay? Because his mom, her name was Hannah, and she could not conceive until God opened up her womb. Amen. So, you know, yeah, we can talk about how Prophet Samuel even came to this world because his mom, she was not able to have a baby until God opened up her womb. And that right there, even what she went through was a testimony. And she gave her son, Prophet Samuel, as a baby to God. Like she literally was like, here, the baby, you know, here goes the baby and let the baby stay at the temple of God. Amen. And yeah, we can definitely talk about that in the future on another Bible study. Now, at this time that we're talking about is Prophet Samuel, he's old now, okay? So he has two sons. One is Joel and his second son is Abijah. They were judges in Beersheba, okay? So in verse three, it says, but they were not like Samuel. They profited from dishonesty, took bribes, and fostered injustice. So the elders of Israel gathered and came to Ramah to tell Samuel. So it's just like some of these people right now, 
you know, you got people that are truly from the outer side anyway, that we could see, okay, these people, they actually love God and they're, you know, serving God, right? And then you have their children or kinfolks or whoever is in their circle Sometimes they're not serving God. So we see this. I don't know if you've seen it, but I've seen it. Where I could see plenty of people, you know, they're serving God. You know, I can see people doing that. And then maybe their kinfolks or their children are not. So this is very similar. And the elders of Israel gathered and they came to Ramah to tell Samuel about this. Because... We're going to see what's going to happen. <laughs> okay, let's go on to verse 5. So this is what the elders had to say to Prophet Samuel. You have grown old, Samuel, and your sons do not administer justice the way that you did. Before things worsen, appoint a king to rule us as other nations have. That's the key word. That's what this Bible study is going to be about. So we're going to do a lot of Bible study about the king that the people chose, okay? Now, this title, I'm going to name it, is We Want to Be Like All the Other Nations, okay? And I'm going to sound it like how it is in 2022. We want to be like the world. That's the Bible study, <laughs> We as people, if we are for God, then we should be separated. Amen. And just like these people here that are doing God's will, so they think, right? Just like how we could be thinking that they come to the man of God, the prophet Samuel, and say, appoint a king to rule us as other nations have. So I can already see right now, I'm sure you can see it, that they want to be like everybody else. But we know God called us to be set apart. Amen. So verse six, it says, this request, appoint a king to rule us, bothered Samuel. So he prayed to the eternal one and received an answer. So you see, this is what I mean. Samuel is such a man of God. He's such a prophet of God, a true prophet. He went to God about his situation. He didn't go out and beat up the people that didn't want his kids to be in order. He didn't go and put it on Facebook, okay, Instagram and TikTok. I, I know you're going to say, Sister Joy, that was not there back then. I'm just saying, he could have went out and screamed on them, though. Couldn't he? Couldn't he have fought? And when, you know, just cause, he, he could have did a lot of stuff, but he didn't do that. You know what he did? He went to God, to Elohim, to El Shaddai. He went to the Lord of hosts, amen, and came to him and said exactly what he needed help on. He made his supplication known to God because he know and he knew that God is the only one that can do something anyway, amen. So let's go back to verse seven and received an answer. Soon as he went to God about it, God was ready for him. God gave him an answer. You know, it may not always be like that with us when we pray about something. 
at least give God a chance though. Amen. Because that, you know, trouble that you may have, God can answer it right away or he may not answer it right away. At least put him first though. Okay, so we're going to go over to what the eternal one has to say. So this is God Almighty talking to Samuel. So I'm about to read this part. It says, listen to what the people are asking you to do. It is not a rejection of you. It is a rejection of my rule over them. This is what God said to Samuel, to the prophet Samuel. He said, listen to what the people are asking you to do. It is not a rejection of you. It is, re it is a rejection of my rule over them. Verse 8, it is what they have always done from the day I brought them out of Egypt until today, rejecting me and serving other gods. Now they are just doing it to you. So listen to what they are asking you to do, but make it plain to them what they are asking. Warn them about what will happen if a king is appointed to rule them. So as we can see that God, being God Almighty, being the I am that I am, amen, God already knows what the children of Israel is doing, why they're doing it, the, in, the intentions behind why, the motivation behind it, amen, because he knows us through and through. And it's just like how we are. You know, we all, you know, sometimes we can have hidden agendas, you know, and we like, okay, nobody can see this. So, you know, I'm just going to ask this or I'm going to ask that. Come on now. And a lot of times, you know, we think we hiding something or we getting over, but God know it. He knows all that's going to happen and he knows the outcome of it. And as we can see, he knows exactly what the children of Israel craving for. They crave it for other gods. They want to be like the world. They want to do idolatry, really. Because they don't want to, they don't want to serve God. They don't want God as their king, as we can see. So in verse 10, it says, So Samuel told the people who were asking for a king what the eternal one has said. Here goes Prophet Samuel. If a king rules over you, things will be different from now on. He will make your sons drive his chariots, be his horseman, and go into battle ahead of his chariots. Your king will select commanders over a thousand and commanders over fifty. He will make some of you to plow his fields and collect his harvest. Some of you will be blacksmiths forging his shields and swords swords for battle and outfitting his chariots he will force your daughters to make perfumes to cook his meals and to bake his bread he will seize the choices of your fields vineyards and olive arches to give to his quarters and a tenth of your grain and your vineyards to give to his court eunuchs and servants this king you ask for will take your slaves, male and female, as his own and put the choices of your donkeys and your young man to do his work. He will take a tenth of your flocks. 
you will essentially become his slaves. One day you will cry for mercy from the eternal one to save you from this king you have chosen for yourselves. But be assured, he will not hear you on that day. Amen? Okay, so, yes. Okay, so let's dig into these scriptures. Yes, okay. So, Prophet Samuel, when he comes back to the children of Israel, because they know that Prophet Samuel is a man of God. They know him by... You know, him being a servant. And when he says something, they know it is from God. Amen. So when Prophet Samuel told them every single thing that God said, he started off said, if a king rules over you, things will be different from now on. So he's letting them know, listen, you're not going to get what you think you're going to get. The grass is not greener on the other side. Rebellion against God does not make it easier for you. It's actually going to cause you a lot of pain, basically, is what he's saying, quote unquote. That's just my words. I'm just saying he's telling them about how he, you know, the horsemen that go in battle ahead of ahead of his chariots. Because he said he will make your sons drive his, his chariots, be his horseman, and go into battle ahead of his chariots. Your king will select commanders over a thousand and commanders over fifty. I mean, he's telling him telling these people, the children of Israel, listen, it's not you guys are gonna really be sad. Like, you're not gonna even get the best of anything, because all your best is gonna go to this king. He will make some of you to plow his fields and collect his harvest. Some of you will be blacksmiths. You see what I mean? So basically, it's it's a form of slavery, okay? Because he's telling them, like, listen, you right now have it made, basically, okay? Let's keep it real. The children of Israel, all they had to do is go to Prophet Samuel, and say, hey, this or hey, that. Instead, they didn't want a judge over them. Even though we understand Prophet Samuel's sons may not have been doing right, but the children of Israel was not respecting authority. You know what I mean? They didn't say, hey, well, can we, you know, pray or can we fast, you know, about this situation with your sons? And, you know, we all have a meeting or, you know, they, they didn't give nothing. They just said, we want a king. We want a king. We want a king. That's all they care about. And he's telling them, even he will seize the choices of your fields, vineyards, and olive orchards to give to his quarters. So basically, this king that they think they're going to get is going to enslave them. You see what I mean? And in verse 17, it says, he will take a tenth of your flocks. You will essentially become his slaves. One day you will cry for mercy. This is verse 18. From the eternal one to save you. From, from this king, you have chosen for yourselves, but be assured he will not hear you on that day. A lot of times people, and I'm speaking for myself, in, in the past that I've done, you know, we can see certain things and we say, okay, we, we just going to do it because we want to do it. 
And then we think if we cry out, someone can save us. But let me tell you, a lot of times, this is the reason why we go through so many hard lessons. You know, lessons, okay, it's good because you can learn them, but it's pain in them lessons. Amen? I'm telling you, it is. And a lot of times, if we can only just go to God about it, imagine or listen to what God has to say about it. Amen. Okay, so we're going to go over to what the people Israel has to say after verse 18. Ignoring Samuel. Look, this is what the people of Israel did. They ignored Samuel. It says ignoring Samuel. This is what they have to say. Verse 19. We have decided that we will have a king who will rule over us so that we will be like all other nations and will have someone to judge us and to lead us into battle. Verse 21. After Samuel had heard their demands, he told the eternal one what they had said. Okay, this is what God has to say. Eternal one to Samuel. Do as they have asked. Give them a king. So Samuel told the people of Israel to go back to their cities until he would call them together to anoint them a king. Amen. Listen, this is some good word right here. So right now, children of Israel want a king. They ignoring Samuel. Ignoring Samuel is ignoring God. Amen. Because even when prophet Samuel told them what would happen. I mean, it's just like saying, listen, if you go over here, you're not going to make it out of this. Or if you go over here, this is going to really cause you some heartbreak. And then they said, we have decided. You know, a lot of times we do that. You know, I, myself included, I've done that before. And, you know, we just want to do what we want to do. And then not looking at the fact that it's idolatry, it's lust, it's covenant, it's a lot of stuff that we're doing. And then we try to like say, okay, hey, I'm grown. I could do whatever I want to. Okay, I'll deal with it. Like I heard a famous person say, I'm not going to say their name, but they are extremely famous to the world. Okay, which really does not really mean much. You know what I mean? outside of the world like you know what I mean they got this big name but I heard them say in in a video they say that they take full responsibility for going to hell okay so this is my thing how can you take full responsibility to, of to going to hell you don't even know how hell is you hear me this is the reason why it's so serious you know when people think that they just okay i'm just gonna do it i'm just gonna get into this and hey because all our words is gonna come back on us because god hears everything he sees everything he knows everything and honestly this is why it's important that whatever we do even before we speak, like, you know, just think about what we're saying and just pray and ask God to give us wisdom and ask God to help our tongue, meaning that, you know, not to just be, you know, crazy with what we're doing and what we're saying, because sometimes you can 
literally talk yourself into some trouble. Amen. <laughs> okay, guys. So we're going to go over to chapter 9 and 1 Samuel because I want to keep going. Now, we already know what's happening because God has already let Prophet Samuel know. Do as they ask. Give them a king. We already know that Samuel told the people of Israel to go back to their cities until he would call them together to anoint a king. So we're right there and we're going to move over to chapter 9 and 1 Samuel. Okay, so let's go to verse 1. Chapter 9, 1 Samuel. A powerful man named Kish, who descended from Abiel, Zerar, Bikarath, and Api, Apia, the son of a Benjaminite, lived among the people of Benjamin. Kish had a handsome young son named Saul. Now Saul was not only the most handsome man in Israel, he was also the most imposing, standing taller than all others. Okay, all right now, King. I mean, Saul. Okay, okay. I'm speaking out of turn, guys, because I already know, you know, about what's going to happen with Saul. All right now, Saul. Okay, so he was the most handsome man in Israel. Imagine that. Imagine how many people lived in Israel and Saul was the most handsome that's what it said it says now Saul was not only the most handsome man in Israel but he was also the most imposing standing taller than all others so he was really tall too okay so now let's look at these things verse 1 showed us a powerful man so this man was powerful Saul's father, Kish, okay, Saul, very handsome, the most handsome in the land, most handsome in all of Israel, and he was the tallest, okay? So I can already see right now, this is just from me reading this part, if I would not even put in the, the information that I already know, you know, that's going to come forth, if I would just go off of just the scripture, I'm going to say, okay, I can see where this is going because people always flock to popularity. If you hot, if you not, then sometimes people will look over you. But if you hot, everybody wants you and people will push a person that they can see on an outer appearance. You see what I mean? See, we as people, we look on the outer side but God looks inside he looks behind the heart that's why when people are like oh I have a good heart I got a good heart I got a good heart the heart is deceitfully wicked you see what I mean so none of us have no good heart <laughs> let's just keep it real and my point of saying all of this is just to keep it 100% and say that God knows the intentions behind our heart he knows who we really are we can't hide from him and though man look on the outside god actually looks in the inside he knows the, the whole character of that person okay verse three 
One day, Saul's father, Kish, had lost his donkeys, having wandered away. So he told his son, Saul, to take one of the servants and look for them. They traveled through the hill county of Ephraim, through the land of Shalisha, and through the land of Salam. Shalam. But they did not find them. When they passed through the land of Benjamin, and still, and still they did not see the donkeys. Okay, so it says, then they passed through the land of Benjamin, and still they did not see the donkeys. At last, when they came to Zupuf, Saul told the servant who accompanied him, we had better turn around and we keep going. My father will stop worrying about his donkeys and start worrying about us. Now, I just want you to look at Saul's character, Okay. We had better turn around. If we keep going, my father will stop worrying about his donkeys and start worrying about us. So we can already see that Saul is pretty like, he don't really care about pleasing his father. You know what I mean? He's just like, listen, I'm, I'm done with, with looking for donkeys. Let's go back. Okay. And here goes the servant. I hear there is a man of God in this village, a man who is respected because what he predicts is always true. And I want you to hold on to this, listener. A true prophet word will never, ever fail. If there's people out here saying that they're prophets and their words fall, it is not God. It is them. They are not true prophets. They are not called by God because God can never fail. What God says will happen, will happen. A true prophet of God truly says what God says, period. It's not a mix-up and, you know, God is not changing his mind. Like, whatever God said happens, period. And if there is a situation where God has turned around a word, then believe me, then you would know that it is definitely from God because God's word cannot fail at all. Amen. So I love that this servant was able to discern and was able to like know, you know, what's really going on in the village. Because it says, I hear there is a man of God in this village, a man who is respected because what he predicts is always true. Before we go home, let's go and talk to him. Maybe he will have some guidance about this journey we have begun. Okay, let's go to verse 7 with Saul. But if we go, what will we bring to this man? We can't show up empty-handed. But even the bread in our sacks is gone. I have nothing to give the man of God. Do you have anything? Verse 8, the servant. Okay, so this is what the servant is saying. I have a tenth of an ounce of silver. I will give it to the man of God, and maybe he can tell us where to go. Verse 9, it used to be in Israel that when people wanted to ask God a question, they would say, let's go talk to the seer. Now they are most commonly referred to as prophets, but they were called seers. Okay, so... This is Saul talking, verse 10 to 11. Very good. Let's go then. As they traveled up to the city to visit the man of God, they saw some girls on their way to draw water at the well. 
Okay, here goes Saul. Can we find the seer here? This is the girls talking. Yes. This is verse 12. He's just ahead of you. He has come here because there's a sacrifice today at the altar on the high place. You can catch him if you hurry. Look for him just as you come into the city and you should catch him before he goes up to the high place to eat. No one will eat until he gets there since he is the one who will bless the sacrifice. After he does that, those who have been invited can eat. Now go on. You should encounter him right away. They went immediately, as, and as they entered the city, Samuel was walking in their direction on his way up to the high place. Now, the eternal one had told Samuel on a previous day, okay, this is God talking, tomorrow at about this time, I will send you a young man from Benjamin. You will anoint him to be a ruler over all Israel. I will give him strength to save my people from the Philistines because I hear their cries and their misery. When Samuel saw Saul walking toward him, the eternal spoke to him. Okay, this is God talking, eternal one. Look, this is the young man I told you about. I've chosen him to rule over my people. Verse 18, there inside the gate, Saul walked up to Samuel. Here goes Saul. Can you tell me, please, where I might find the seer's house? And then Samuel, verse 19, you have found him. Come with me to the high place and eat with me today. Tomorrow morning, I will tell you what you need to know and then send you on your way. As for those donkeys they, that wandered off three days ago, don't give them any further thought. Someone has found them. Israel is more concerned today with you and your family. <laughs> Guys, listen, amen. If you still following the episode, okay? If you're still following this episode on here about Prophet Samuel, and as we have brought in Saul inside of, you know, our, our episode talking about the children of Israel wanted a king. Did you hear Prophet Samuel in verse 20? He gives confirmation to Saul, showing Saul that he knew about the donkeys. This is how you know when it's a true prophet of God. They will give you confirmation. You don't have to go and hint to them. You don't have to go, like, even if you do say something, they're going to give you confirmation without you even saying all of that, okay? They're going to, because they are from God. And, and Prophet Samuel is from God. And I love that he showed confirmation because as we can see, Saul just walked up to, to Prophet Samuel he says, can you tell me, please, where I might find the Sears house? Mind you, they, like, that's all, like, the conversation that they really had. You, you understand what I'm saying? So when Prophet Samuel tells Saul, you have found him, telling Saul, this is me, I'm the seer. And he said, okay, I want you to eat with me today. Tomorrow morning, I will tell you what you need to know and then send you on your way. Then he tells them, as for those donkeys that wandered off three days ago, 
me showing you that God already knew what Saul was going to do. Okay. We know God knows everything. Amen. So you see, <laughs> and then it says, as for those donkeys that wandered off three days ago, don't give them any further thought. <laughs> someone has found them so he's telling them listen let them donkeys go okay don't even think about that no more then he says israel's more concerned today with you and your family mm -mm -mm. okay so verse 21 here goes saul i come from the tribe of benjamin the smallest of the tribes of israel and i belong to the poorest family in benjamin why are you saying these things to me Listen to this. Look at Saul. He's saying, I, he comes from the tribe of Benjamin, which is the smallest tribe of Israel. And he's saying he belongs to the poorest family in the tribe of Benjamin. And he's wondering why this man of God is telling him any of this, right? Let's listen to what Samuel, what prophet Samuel is going to do. It says, Samuel took Saul and his servant up to the hall where around 30 people waited and he made them sit in the places of honor amen samuel to the cook bring the portion i gave you and ask you to set aside see samuel he was dependent on god he believed what god said so he had already set a portion to the side look, look at that he already had all of this in the works because he he know god can't fail amen so the cook brought the thigh along with other select parts and set them in front of Saul. Samuel, prophet Samuel, okay, he pointed, pointing to the meat. Take a look. This was set aside for you. Eat and enjoy it all because this has been reserved for you until the appointed time I have invited these people to be our guests. So Saul feasted with Samuel the rest of the day. When they returned to the city from eating at the high place, Samuel spoke with Saul on the roof. The next morning at the break of dawn, Samuel shouted up to Saul on the roof. Okay, this is Samuel to Saul. Wake up. It is time for me to send you on your way. Saul rose and he and Samuel walked out into the street. When they reached the edge of the city, Samuel told him, this is Samuel. Send your servant on ahead. When he's far enough away, stop and let's talk. I need to give you a message from the true God. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Amen. Okay, so let's wrap up this chapter. We see that Saul has been introduced. Amen. All the way here on chapter 9, 1 Samuel. We find out that Saul's father is named Kish. Saul's father is a powerful man. We know as I was, you know, talking about how handsome Saul was, you know, this is what the Bible says, that he was a handsome man and he was taller than any guy in Israel. Basically his height, you know, his, his whole, you know, body, face, all of that, you know, he had it going on. Uh, so we know that that Saul, him and his servant, went to go look for his father's donkeys. They had wandered off. And we know that they actually went to go look for prophet 
Samuel because Saul's servant told him, listen, and told him about, like, listen, this is a man of God that what he says is true. Let's go to him. So this is all under God's plan. And God had already had prophet Samuel already together. So when prophet Samuel seen Saul and, and God spoke to him, of course, you know, he went on and did exactly what God wanted him to do. Saul came and dined with prophet Samuel. Prophet Samuel told him some information, told him, don't worry about the donkeys no more. Let's, you know, worry about let's think about Israel Israel's concerned about you and your family and we see at the end of the chapter uh Saul had actually spent the night because it says the next morning at the break of dawn Samuel shouted up to Saul on the roof wake up you know and told him okay it's time for you to go your way and then he told Saul you know let your servant go ahead of you and, you know, I want you to stop so we can talk. I need to give you a message from the true God. So at this point, I believe that Saul is now seeing his life change just from the events. You know, when he left that, that day, that day before, or, you know, I believe it, well, it could have been like a day or, you know, little bit more, I don't know, but I believe it was just the day before, right? When he left his house, he didn't have no idea that this was going to happen to him. And he even showed it by him saying, oh, you know, I come from the smallest tribe of Israel. And, you know, like basically saying that he don't, like he's poor and that he's from the smallest tribe and he's, you know, so he, he was just like showing all his imperfections. That's why a lot of people might look at this. This is what I'm going to say about for people right now, right? We might look at people and they, we might think they got it all together because they looked the part. They, the, you know, they, the perfect shape. Or they the perfect, uh, you know, height and all of this. And they got everything. And they look so gorgeous on the outside. However, they could be lacking insecurity in the inside. You know what I mean? The way that they look on the outside, it's probably just like Saul. It does not match what they feel on the inside. Amen. So, yeah. So, we're going to go on and we're going to move over to chapter 10 and then I after this chapter I am going to stop and start my next Bible study with you guys in a couple of days but I do want to read first Samuel chapter 10 okay because this is very interesting as we go along with Saul and prophet Samuel we're gonna learn things about Saul I'm pretty sure you already know if you know your word you know I'm sure you already know about what's gonna happen if not just listen I'm telling you this is a really you know good story and what really happened in real life because I believe the whole word of God is true and it just shows us how 
you could be given something and if you don't value it much, the things that can happen from that. Amen. So let's start off with chapter 10. This is in 1 Samuel, the voice translation. It says in chapter 10, Samuel took a vial of olive oil and poured it on Saul's head, anointing him and then kissed him. Okay, so when he kissed him, it was a holy kiss. It wasn't like, you know, I'm just, you know, telling you guys what happened, right? Because it, this was like um, anointing, like a smear. That's what anointing means. So, like, he put the olive oil on him, anointed his head, and then kissed him. It was a holy kiss. It wasn't, you know, anything like that. I'm just, you know, saying this. I know people should know that, right? And then this is what the prophet Samuel did. The prophet Samuel says, the eternal one of Israel has anointed you as ruler over his possession. Over all Israel, you will be king over the people of the eternal one. And you will deliver them from the enemies that surround, surround them now. And this will be the sign to you that I am speaking truth and God has anointed you king over what is his. When you leave me today, you will meet two men not far from Rachel's tomb in Benjamin's territory at Zelza. These men will tell you the donkeys you sought have been found. Your father has stopped worrying about them and now he's worried about you. Oh, wow. Look, Saul had said that, right? He said... If, you know, he told his, remember in chapter nine, he told his servant, like, okay, pretty soon my father be will be worrying about us. Okay, so let's go back to what he's saying. It says, these men will tell you the donkeys you saw have been found. Your father has stopped worrying about them and now he's worried about you. He asked, but what about my son? Will you leave them behind? And reach the oak of Tabar, you will meet three men going to sacrifice to God at Bethel. One will have three young goats. One will have three loaves of bread. Another will have a skin full of wine. They will greet you and offer you two of the loaves of bread. Take them and go on. When you leave them behind and reach the Philistine, Garrison at the Hill of God, Gilbert, Elohim. Just as you come into the city, you will meet a group of prophets returning from the high place. Musicians leading them will be playing harps, tambourines, flutes, and lyres. And the prophets will be caught up in a prophetic ecstasy. Amen. So look at prophet Samuel telling him, he's telling him what's going to happen beforehand. He's giving him instructions. He's telling him exactly what to do. And that's how God is. God has no problem with telling us what to do. God wants to be our King in Jesus name. Amen. So it, uh, and when the word of God says a good man's steps is ordered by the Lord, like by God, God can order your steps. God can lead you 
totally lead you with no problem. That's all that he wants. Like, he wants fellowship with us. Amen. So, we can see that when, when Prophet Samuel is telling Saul all these things, this is to be taken as the whole truth and nothing but the truth. So, I, I like the way that he's telling him all these instructions. So, this is time for for Saul, he should be making notation and believing exactly what's happening. Okay, let's go over to verse 6. It says, Then the Spirit of the Eternal One will overtake you. You will be caught up in the same prophetic spirit as these prophets, and you will be changed into a different person. Hallelujah. Amen. Verse 7, when these signs come to pass, do what you think is best. The true God is with you. Go down to Gigal ahead of me. I will come to present peace sacrifices and burnt offerings. Wait for seven days and I will show you what to do. Okay, listen to what I'm saying. And honestly, guys, when I do my next Bible study... I am actually going to reread some of the verses from chapter 10 before I go to chapter 11. And it's a reason behind it because I want to discuss the way Saul is, okay? And, and it's very, you know, I believe that it is very important. It will definitely bless us because... This is why obedience is better than sacrifice. So we see what the prophet Samuel has told Saul. This is Saul's beginning into seeing, okay, God is going to put him as a king. And he has, you know, he, he, he should be taking everything that prophet Samuel is saying true. Okay, so this is what prophet Samuel has said in verse 8. Go down to Gidgal ahead of me. I will come to present peace sacrifices and burnt offerings. So he's telling him what he's going to do. He said, wait for seven days and I will show you what to do. Okay, so I'm making a notation to that because I need to make sure that I have that together for the next Bible study. Verse Seven verse eight, like I'm gonna definitely read some of these verses over if God is willing. Okay, verse nine as Saul turned to leave Samuel, the true God transformed his heart. As a result, all that Samuel had predicted came to pass that day. Glory, amen. When Saul came up to the hill of God, he met a band of prophets. And as Samuel has said, the spirit of God overtook him and he was caught up in their prophetic ecstasy. So that means that <laughs> Saul was prophesizing too. Look at that glory. That's a blessing. Then the people who knew him saw that he began to prophesize with the prophets. Okay, so this is the people. Among themselves, what has happened to the son of Kish? Is Saul one of the prophets now? Local citizen, this is what they said. And who is their father? This is the one. Okay, so let's go over to the to verse 12. A local citizen says, and who is their father? And then it says, this 
is one way the saying is Saul one of the prophets originated okay because Saul was caught up in the prophesizing just like the prophet Samuel has said he would be. In verse 13, it says, When Saul finished prophesying, he went to a high, a high place to a local shrine. When Saul returned home, his uncle asked him and his, and his servant where they had been. Saul, this is what Saul said, We went to look for the donkeys. When we couldn't find them, we spoke with the seer Samuel. Saul's uncle said, what did Samuel tell you? Here goes Saul. He says, he told us that the donkeys have been found. But Saul did not tell him anything about the kingdom or anything else Samuel has said. Okay, so that really sticks out to me. If you're still following this Bible study, this episode, why didn't Saul say anything? This is his family. Why Why didn't he say, listen, I didn't just look for donkeys. I wasn't just gone, just walking around. No, the true God of Israel has anointed me to be king. Prophet Sam, like, why didn't he tell them that Prophet Samuel had said all these things? That he had actually sat down and had a feast with Prophet Samuel? that it was 30 guests and like you know he had basically you know a good feasting and and he was he sat in an honored place like he didn't tell him anything he didn't even tell him that you know Samuel anointed his head like oh my like why <laughs> you know what I mean like why he didn't tell his family any of that Wow, that's deep, right? Okay, we're going to read commentary. It says, why is Saul chosen as the first king? He is from the tiny tribe of Benjamin. So he seems to be outside of the mainstream of political power. But he is a handsome and tall young man, meaning he is appealing in appearance and able to inspire confidence in warriors at this first appearance, it even seems as if his inner qualities might match his outer qualities. God transforms him and gives him the power to prophesy. But as the story goes on, his insecurities and his jealousy of David are his undoing. Uh-oh. Okay, so the commentary, uh, you know, that's doing, you know, with the voice translation... Okay, so he already mentioned David. So you guys already know where I'm going to after we talk about King Saul. Okay, I can say that now since we already see what has happened. Okay, verse 17. Something, okay, let's go. I only have 10 more minutes, so I'm going to actually stop it if God is willing. If I can get through to verse 20. Okay, let's go to verse 17. Sometime later, Samuel called the people to come and gather in the presence of the Eternal One at Mitzvah. He stood there. Okay, verse 18. He stood before the Israelites with an important message. 
Okay, here goes Samuel. Listen to what the eternal one, the God of Israel, has to say to you. I brought Israel up from Egypt and rescued you from Egyptian bondage. And then I delivered you from all of the nations that sought to burden you. Today, though you have rejected the true God who has saved you from every disaster and distress, and you have asked for a king to rule over you, if that is what you want, then line up by tribe and clan in front of the eternal one. Okay, so Samuel is telling them about, hey, you guys, you know, y'all know what God has done for the children of Israel. You know how he has brought, you know, you, you up from bondage and, you know, delivered you really from every nation, from all nations that was against Israel. God has always had his hands around sheltering Israel. And then when prophet Samuel say, and then today, though you have rejected the true God who has saved you from every disaster and distress, and you have asked for a king to rule over you, I think that is like really an important standpoint because it's like, wow, none of them felt bad. You see what I mean? And this is what happens when, when, when you exalt yourself. Sometimes we need to be humble. That should always be at least our prayer, you know, a prayer to God to say, Lord, can you, you know, humble me? People be like, oh, be, be careful what you ask God for. Listen, go through that. You're going to have to. You need to be humble. You know, the ones who exalt themselves will be humble. The ones who humble themselves, God will exalt in due time. Amen. In due season. And at this point, when Prophet Samuel is talking to them, you know, they 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 still could have said something. They didn't say anything because they had their mind made up. Amen. So we are going to look at verse 19. And this is Samuel telling them exactly what they're guilty of because of how God had did, you know, you know, took them out of harm's way. And now since they wanted a king, he told them line up by tribe. So it's going to be all the tribes lined up together. And it says in clan in front of the eternal one. So he's going to put them all together in front of God. Amen. And it's going to be tribe by tribe. So, you know, it's 12 tribes of Israel. And this is what, Prophet Samuel's telling them, okay? So I'm going to end that here. I, I'm not even going to go, because I said verse 20. We're right here at verse 20. I just have not read it yet. We only have five minutes left on the episode. So I'm going to wrap up everything, and then we are going to continue, and which is going to also be good because I can then go over the verses and not even have to move to chapter 11 until after I finish with what I wanted to talk about. 
on the next Bible study. I hope you guys were blessed. I hope you got something out of this. You know, it just really shows me how easy it is to want things that's just not good for us. You know, we want to be everything like the world. We want to try to be like the world. Like, I remember when Beyonce made the song Drunk in Love with Jay-Z. And, uh, you know, I heard someone singing, a, a like, they made it up to be like a Christian song, you know, after Beyonce's song. And then, you know, <laughs> this is, you know, this is just us being pagan, you know, you, some things is just not meant to serve God with. Let's just keep it real. God don't even want that type of worship. Like the song with Tevin Campbell. Okay. I know it's a worldly song. And I'm sure if you know what I'm talking about, can we talk? That's the new challenge that happens a couple of weeks ago, whatnot. And everybody was singing that. Can we talk by Tevin Campbell? Now check this out. Then you had people that were, you know, pastor, a pastor. He sung, can we talk? Okay. He, he sung it and he put Jesus name in it. It's just like, okay, you don't have, we don't have to be like the world. Neither love the things of it. You see what I mean? And I'm going to tell you the truth. We so much want to be like the world and have the same views. And, you know, we, we just want to just be just why we want to be like the world. When God has saved us from the world, he literally set us apart. Amen. And that's what he did with the children of Israel. Okay, back then he set them apart. He gave them food from heaven that was reserved for angels. He gave them manna. Okay, he blessed them, totally blessed them. Even when I was reading back in Exodus, he even was telling Moses about like the the stuff, like the jewelry and stuff that the Egyptians had. He was telling Moses, yeah, like, tell you know the children of israel you know about even like all that type of you know i don't want to say jewelry i want to say like you know whatever they have whatever the egyptians have basically would be the children of israel so like the gold and all of that you know so it's like god wants the very best for us do we want the best for us nine times out of ten we just want to go and worship idols and be just like the world be idolizing things and idolizing people okay and we need to repent of that in jesus name do you want god to be your king or do you want a worldly king you want a president to tell you what to do or do you want the holy spirit to tell you what to do amen i want the holy spirit to tell me what to do i want god's spirit to shape me and teach me all things amen I want to be a true follower of Jesus Christ in Nazareth. I want to pick up my cross and follow him. Deny everything else for Jesus. Amen. So that way I can be a true servant. I want to, you know, love God with all my heart, my soul, my mind, my being. I want to trust him with everything. Doesn't matter what happens. I want to be content whether I have or if I don't have. Amen. So guys, it is 59 minutes. It's almost that 60 minute mark. And I pray that again, that this has blessed you. And I hope that you come back because we got some 
word <laughs> to talk about, okay? And we're going to, again, we're going to go right back into the first Samuel chapter 10. And yeah, we're going to cover that next time. Thank you so much for watching. I hope you have a blessed one. Until next time, peace.